Seven Sisters encourages you to take advantage of the other great podcasts available from the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Check out Vintage Homeschool Moms and join your host, Felice Gerwitz. It's just for homeschool moms. Vintage Homeschool Moms preserves the best of the past while blessing future generations with the fruit that comes from putting God first and using experience as a teacher. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is a Christian wife, mother, and educator turned homeschool mom in 1986. She began homeschooling as a trial and never looked back. Felice's topics range from home education, child rearing, enterprising moms, stay-at-home moms, work-at-home moms, and so much more. and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and Kim and Quella the Seeing Eye Puppy. Yeah, in her new podcasting collar, which does not have tags on it. Yay, it's a nice non-jingly collar. That's right. And she's sound asleep, so unless we get ourselves too amused and get to laughing, she'll probably keep napping. That's we right. never get amused. Not and we never ever laugh because this is a serious podcast. That's we, we right. Yes. Because yeah. homeschooling high school, you've got to find the one right way to do it. And mm-hmm. that's a very serious endeavor. If you're not sweating, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, if this is the first time you've ever listened to us, that Welcome was to the land all wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. The only thing you got to do is be on your knees, and everything else is, uh, there's not run one right way to do it. <laughs> all right, so today we are talking about college, because yes. for a lot of people, homeschool, high school ends with a student heading off to college. Not always. Not that's always. Absolutely mm-hmm. fine. Not all kids are college bound. And so that's cool. If your kid is, you already know, headed straight into a career or the military or ministry, what, then this podcast probably will not have a whole lot that is um, hitting where you are. But if you are thinking about the college application process, we hope this one is going to be very practical and take some of the fear out. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so even moms who have underclassmen, it's good to kind of have these ideas in your brain. Oh, thinking so, ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, in that way, you can kind of plan ahead wisely, but also calm down about it because senior year is very stressful. Yeah. And, and may as well be as calm as you can in the middle of the stress. That didn't make any sense. But but Sabrina and I have had the benefit of being around Vicky and our kids have. And so hearing all this stuff from the time as they grew up, it really does take out a lot of the stress. It can't take it all away because there should be some stress. Yeah, Vicky is kind of like homeschool high school Xanax. You know? <laughs> yes, she, she just is. chills <laughs> you out. <laughs> That's good. Has anybody ever called you that before? I wonder what the side effects are. <laughs> <laughs> Un- uncontrollable laughter on occasion. <laughs> 
and um, very confused text messages that have words in them that are not words at all. That's that's been an effect on Kim. Yeah. John and Mary Taters texting. Absolutely. Oh dear. Yeah, I was just okay. reading old texts earlier today, and there were words that didn't even have meaning to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, if yeah. I'd only started writing them all down as they happened, we could have quite the little coffee table book. Uh, <laughs> we could. <laughs> all right. So actually, let's. You mentioned senior year being stressful, and um, let's just rewind it by one year because junior year is stressful mm-hmm. too. It is, and part of this whole college-headed trajectory happens in junior year. <clears throat> and um, I know there's concerns about testing. What do you take? Why do you take it all? And um, how do I even figure out what kinds of colleges I should be looking at? So can we actually start there in junior year when Ooh. when some of those big things are getting... <laughs> we didn't actually plan to do it that way, but as it you just said, that, I was into thinking, your head. Yeah. Yeah. there's that other stuff that comes a few months before. So, well, you start with deep breathing. Ah. Because if you get enough oxygen in your brains, it keeps the panic levels down a little bit. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a freebie how-to. Go for it. Progressive relaxation. Can that be found at VickiTillmanCoaching.com? It can. All right. (laughs) And it's free. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Because oxygen really does lower stress, and it's a good life skill. And kids who are about to take their SATs or ACTs in junior year, and then maybe again in September of senior year, uh, really need to oxygenate their brains before they take a big test or make other big decisions or go to sleep at night mm. or moms and do. And some kids really have, like, test anxiety. Yeah. Like, I mean, nobody likes taking tests. But yeah. for some kids, it's it's really, really Huge. unusually anxiety-producing. And yeah. it's good for moms who do not experience that themselves to be very sensitive and supportive. And the deep breathing is one of your best coping strategies. I, I took a kid to the SATs who, you know, puked in a trash can on the way into the building. I, <laughs> I wonder mean, who that was. Yeah. It's a great mystery, Becca. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for some kids, it's just, you know, it's a trash can kind of experience. experience. And you need to be kind. And <laughs> then you can make fun of them years <laughs> later on a podcast. <laughs> and you don't listen to it. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so juniors really, and and most people know this. Junior year is about making sure the transcript is very strong. Mm-hmm. So they want to have one of their most rigorous academic years to show their specialties. You know, so if they are going into the arts, they want to build their electives that year. Um, they want to have enough college prep or honors courses on their transcript, especially junior year that the colleges that they're interested in are attracted to that. Okay, now this is going to sound dumb, but I remember thinking this a really long time ago and waiting for someone to explain it. Why is it that junior year needs to be so strong? Isn't senior year like your last year? Isn't that what when you want your year to look so strong? Why junior year, Vicki? <laughs> That's a good question, Sabrina. <laughs> if only you could see their facial expressions, everyone. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times we have imaginary mom friends we're talking to. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we have Sandra, Sandra the other on the day. show. Yes. yes. So, well, well, we'll help Sandra out with this one again. So, Sandra, you see, senior year, your kid applies to college somewhere between October and December for a lot of colleges. So the colleges with rolling admission, they may have even applied in the summer. 
So they don't have much senior year to show on that transcript to show the quality of work they're going to do at that age. So colleges know kids know a little bit about themselves in ninth and 10th grade, but they do a lot of changing and maturing around junior and senior year. Just the senior year, they don't have time to really show themselves before they apply. So junior year is their last year to show themselves. So So that's the part on paper. And that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the part that you're showing senior year is when you actually have an interview or are visiting the campus and now your physical presence is is Right. And and they will have to, like when they apply, show their transcripts so far for senior year. And then they'll have to give updates at mid-year and at the end of the year. So Mm -hmm. the college can always withdraw an application, you know, if they've if accepted someone, they go, oh, my goodness, you've got straight Fs. You know, mm. you're not coming here. Mm. But uh, the junior year is really where they look. Okay. So junior year, um, you got that testing stuff done, and you've done a lot of deep breathing, and you're showing a really rigorous academic year, and now we're coming into senior year. So what goes into this college application process? Yeah. So so teenagers need to know where they want to apply. Mm. And that's sometimes a big stressor. So we've had kids over the years, you know, we have all worked with our local umbrella school, and we've helped hundreds of kids, all of us together, get into colleges, writing those reference letters, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, giving advice. And oh, so we know a bunch of kids. And uh, so we've known some kids that apply to 15 colleges. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, the kids who apply to 15 colleges, have you ever known any of them go anywhere but the local community college <laughs> in real life? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Right? When you think about that? it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there are fees associated with every one of those applications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. Unless they hit the, you know, the free application day or yeah, something right. like that. But it's, yeah. yeah. So, basically, kids want to apply to three colleges. So one can be their reach college, like, oh, if I could just go to Harvard, it would be the grooviest thing. And one needs to be the fallback college, like, okay, I'll go here if I don't get accepted anywhere or the, this is just too expensive. And then one that's just interesting. A lot of our kids who aren't able to narrow down to three will apply to five. Mm-hmm. But we've never seen a kid over five colleges that actually decided on one of those. And mm-hmm. they just tend to default to the local. After a while, it's like overload for the yeah. brain. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're deciding where you're going to apply. Um, there's a lot of paperwork involved in the process, and it has to be done the way the college says it has to be done. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a brain shift for a lot of high school seniors and sometimes for their parents too that wow we really have to read all of the instructions carefully so there are a lot of things that are kind of universal like FAFSA yeah that that shows up everywhere any any kid that's going to apply for any kind of financial aid needs to fill out FAFSA and these days it is um, open season starting October as long as the government doesn't change that so that means that um, you go online to fafsa.gov, not some fafsa.spam somewhere. And that's F, like in Frank, Annie, Frank, Sammy, Audrey. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> All right, there now this go. is the hard part. What does FAFSA stand for? I was just trying to think that free application for financial... Federal student oh, aid. Oh, federal student aid. There you go. Good. I got part or of it. we could make something up. Oh, we could, yes. Oh, I'll work on that while you guys talk about how to <laughs> okay. fill out your FAFSA. Okay. 
FAFSA forms are fun. Now, now I understand, and this is a somewhat recent change if you've done this before, maybe for yourself. Now, am I correct that we use the previous year's tax return when you fill out a FAFSA form? Is that correct? They call it prior, prior year. There you go. Yeah, so you're applying to the federal government for financial aid from the federal government. And then the colleges also use that to determine any scholarships they're giving. And so that, you know, anything that goes through the colleges, generally you have to do a, a FAFSA. So, yeah, so you do not... Um, based on last year's income, but the year before, which oh. means you have to have electronic records mm. for your income tax. And when, when FAFSA, when the government website mm. is working, you can just upload those right onto the site. Mm. And you, you can do off a of paper. My hubby is an accountant, and he is so old school. He still does everything on paper. I mean, he, he sends it. He sends it in snail mail. He sends his taxes. Our taxes go in snail mail. Yes. Crazy, huh? <laughs> See Doug doing yeah. that. <laughs> Actually, sometimes you don't have a choice, and even if you're not Doug, mm. you like my husband works in one state and we live in oh. another, and we're not allowed to e-file in the state where he works. Oh, they'll take our money. They certainly want our taxes, <laughs> but they won't you let their computer talk but nicely they want your to us, so we have to mail it snail mail. Yeah. Wow. This is why I can't do my own taxes. <laughs> I just don't understand these things. <laughs> So anyway, I digressed us a little bit, but so FAFSA. So FAFSA is you're filling out a lot of information about the number of people in your house and the number of students you're going to have. And they just ask a lot of, you know, kind of government. Yeah, Yeah. intrusive questions that you just have to answer. Yeah. But if you want their money, that's 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 the game you got to play. That's the game you play. And you you just have to do it. So as early as possible, you want to do that. And part of the reason is it just gets it off your plate. But mm-hmm. another is some colleges, the money goes out first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. And so when they run out of funding and you still applied and did your FAFSA before the deadline, but the money's already gone, mm-hmm. oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do it early. Yes. It's interesting because we had um, an episode where we interviewed Dr. Dwayne Cottrell, who's a choral music professor at the University of Delaware and we were that episode was specifically about kids who are interested in music and and how to think about <clears throat> pursuing that at the college level but um, one of the things that he told me that I was not aware of is that and of course this varies from school to school and department to department but with within a lot of um, majors in the arts there is a lot of wiggle room and so kids come and they audition and submit their portfolio and whatever and there's X amount of dollars that that department can award different ways, but how they award it is very much at their discretion. Mm-hmm. And so there's mm. first come first serve pieces and there's level of need apparent mm-hmm. and a kid just really grabs their heart and mm-hmm. then there's talent, but then there's also passion mm-hmm. and the mix of all of those things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yes, they have a cap. This is how much they have to work with and mm-hmm. that doesn't get changed. Mm-hmm. That's you know said in some high powers office someplace else. But that whole process could be very subjective in a good in a good way yeah. um, mm-hmm. in a lot of schools and so that get her done and get it in there and and let whatever needs your family has be apparent on all your paperwork right. and stuff which mm-hmm. makes a good case for making sure you do a college visit to any colleges your kids are interested in and ask for an interview in that department mm-hmm. and it gives you a chance like Dr. Cottrell said um, each college kind of emphasizes one area over another so like uh, University of Delaware's 
uh, vocal music program does more operatic, mm-hmm. you know, classical kind of things. Another might do more, you know, musical theater kind oh, of right. emphasis. Um, but all majors are that way. Will have a different emphasis. Mm-hmm. So you'd end up knowing more. You know, is my kid going to land in what they're interested in? But also, these subjective, invisible little scholarships that are sitting in the department chair's pocket um, only appear when either the student has already been there on campus, like, you know, second, third, fourth year students, or they had a face-to-face interview. So we had that happen with my daughter when Mm -hmm. um, she went down and and interviewed for uh, the college she was going with. So she went into the arts and she went down with her portfolio and uh, talked to the department chair and he looked at her portfolio and mysteriously this extra um, scholarship just popped here. right yeah cool so, and all of my kids have ended up over the years they they volunteer in their departments get very involved and mysterious scholarships always have shown up yeah because yeah. most kids unfortunately believe it or not don't get full ride tuition to college mm. <laughs> very few kids get full ride scholarships to college yeah, yeah. and so you may yeah. as well leverage it the best you can you know and, and let your kids know that there's there are these mysterious ones, so thank you for Dr. Cottrell to remind us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about um, managing junior year and testing and prep, and then we've talked about FAFSA, and we've talked about reading the fine print and following the guidelines for the colleges that you are interested in. Um, college college app- application. Ooh, yes, sometimes. indeed. So a lot of colleges these days are on some of the the online group college applications, so Common Application or SendEdU, there's there's a, a several different ones where you apply one time on that online application and it covers several different colleges. And, and Serena's right, you have to follow the rules. You, mm-hmm. If they have a field for you to fill in, you have to, the, the student has to fill it in. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if they don't, the application won't get processed, it won't get yeah. sent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's one advantage to filling out an, an online application. You can't leave a box blank and put it in your envelope and <laughs> send it and then have right. them reject it or say, oh, forget it. They can't fill out the instructions because that little red asterisk will jump out at you and say, eh. <laughs> so, so teens, when they get ready to, to do those online applications, need to allot a period of time mm-hmm. or save and come back and not to just rush through it. Mm-hmm. But to, you know, do their deep breathing, mm-hmm. and then actually, you know, give some thoughtful answers because those those applications are what the admissions officers put their eyeballs on. They don't know your student; they only know this piece of, of online paper, mm-hmm. and uh, so that that leads to also most of them require an application essay. Mm-hmm. That was my next question. What about the essay piece? So you take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is the that, like that few that like one minute that the officer scans that, reads it, and catches something outstanding. That's the kid that gets the the sparkle, the pop that the admissions officers are looking for. So, by the way, Seven Sisters Homeschool dot com has a college application essay guide. Yeah, you know, strangely enough, it does. Yeah, and the reason that Maryland Group 
wrote that after having already published a middle school essay writing guide and an intro, intermediate, and advanced, all of which build strong essay writing skills across the board. But then she recognized after years of working in our local community with all of these kids dealing with college applications that that's a separate type of essay writing skill. And there are things that need to be emphasized there and brought out there and given a lot of careful attention that don't matter as much when you're doing your literature analysis essay or you're doing your comparison contrast essay or your whatever. So she created a guide that's to help kids capture what is important for that college application essay. So yeah, highly recommended. Absolutely. And it can be such a challenge because kids are now writing about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and they're supposed to sound confident and accomplished without sounding braggy or overly proud. And that's a really fine line. And that causes a good bit of stress. Especially for our kids, because, you know, we tend to raise our kids to have, you know, the fruit of the spirit. So some humility and gentleness. Uh And so when they have to talk about themselves, it's it's very difficult. So one of the things that that Marilyn's Guide really emphasizes is the storytelling, Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier to talk to your talk about yourself in the form of a story rather than I'm all that, Mm -hmm. because our our kids just really are uncomfortable with the I'm all that thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, give another plug for starting early, because if you start early, it gives you time to think of the stories that match the prompts, because you can't just, I've seen very few applications where you could just write whatever you want. They give you a prompt that you need to address, and you can usually choose from among a few. Um, But if you're doing it at the last minute, and then you have to sit there and you get that writer's block uh, blank page I can't think of a story that fits that about me, then they're really going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to do it in the summertime. Oh, yeah. So you write it one week and then go back and work on it again the next week. So, But if it's already fall, then you just work on it as long as you can. Right. And, and maybe find a buddy to work on it with. Whether Definitely bounce it off of an advisor yeah. or another parent or something. But um, carefully, if you can do this with a, with a good friend that you trust, too, yeah. It's a great peer process. All right, so here's an important part of the online applications is asking for your reference letters. Oh, my. many of the online applications want two references. Mm-hmm. And, and we've all been asked references before. Yeah. And have you found that when teens politely ask that, that it's so much easier to write a reference it letter. Is. Oh my, yes. I, I had a student come up in front of 23 other students and ask me in front of the class if I would write him a recommendation letter. And it was someone for whom it was hard to write a recommendation letter at that point. Okay. Um, so I recommend when you have your student or um, ask in private or give that person a way to say, I would be willing but you might be better off asking someone else or um, and give them plenty of time to do it. Yes. And don't be afraid to follow up with them. I, I'm raising my hand, confessing here. You know, I, I always tell students when they give me a letter, tell me when it's due and feel free to check back with me in two weeks or whatever time frame I think I'm going to have it done. And I let them know. Um, and if it needs to be snail mailed, give them an addressed envelope with the stamp on it. Don't, right. don't make them do all that legwork. And if it's online, you as the student should look at 
what is mm-hmm. what is that person going to need to we, we ran into this when common app first started a few years back mm-hmm. it would not run on a particular type of browser mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for the recommendation letters to be uploaded and it said it on there but for the recommendation letters to be uploaded you had to have it open in i forget internet explorer or something so, and it wouldn't yeah. do it on chrome or firefox or mm-hmm. and it was very very frustrating because mm-hmm. as teachers you know we had Okay, here's, I've got some time carved out. I'm going to write my rec letters. I'm going to go in there. And I'm writing letters, and then I'm trying and trying and trying to upload. And, okay, yes. Should I have read carefully the top of the page? Yeah. But it wasn't my letter either, you know. And and really, if the students had let us know, just so you know, you go to this web address, here's where you log in, and make sure you're doing it in such and such. Like Whatever the details are, the details are on you because this mm-hmm. is for your application. Right. This person is doing you a favor and putting in time and effort. You want to make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. So and, and to ask, so ask politely, give them time. If it's snail mail envelopes, if there's special requirements like browsers, let them know. Um, that, you know don't, don't say, yeah, I need you to write me a recommendation letter, which I've had lots of those. But also, to if it's someone that you haven't talked to in the last year, give them updates on what oh your my. life has been like. Mm, yes. So that, that So they have something fresh, you know, like, oh, I sort of remember this kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and if they you have special help. needs in relation to the major you're applying for or whatever, let them know. Mm. I, I have often gone back to a student and said, what would you like for me to say about you? Like, what do you yeah. want this college mm. to really know about you? Yes. Mm. And often I get, uh, I, I don't know, but mm. once in a while a kid will say, this is a really strong service school. Mm-hmm. So if you could just emphasize what you've seen mm. me do in serving my community Which, or whatever. Yeah, showing the, that the kid knows the research on the school, yeah. um, but also how, how they fit in well. So yeah, mm. so that's all good recommendations letter mm-hmm. and that's why it takes time yeah mm-hmm. so you imagine somebody that's writing you know two or three or ten yeah or more yeah. Um, they need a little time yeah mm-hmm. all right have we covered all of the pieces of this college application process it's a it's a good start good start <laughs> yeah okay. we can revisit it more deep time. breathing mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. do some deep breathing pray you got this Breathe, okay. pray, write, breathe, pray, write, yes. or pray, breathe, write. You should do a t-shirt, Kim. Ah, we should, <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, lots to think about, yes. But it's not crazy. It's not mm-hmm. some mysterious, vague thing out there. It really is a set of concrete steps. There are a lot of guidelines um, telling you how to follow them. Take the time so that you can read all of those steps and those guidelines. Mm. Take the time so that you can edit your essay and don't just shoot off the first thing. You know, take some time to get those recommendation letters so that they'll really be strong recommendations. So time is obviously something we're emphasizing here. Time and deep breathing and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's not one right way to do this. Indeed. All right. I had to say it. You had to. You had to. And I think with that, we're at the perfect place to wrap it up. There There is not one right way, but um, there is a way that we're going to end today's podcast. And that's to say thank you for joining us. And if you have a moment and what you hear on the Homeschool High School podcast is a help to you and your family, if you could leave us some stars or a review on iTunes, that will help other families find us. We would appreciate that. If you would like further encouragement um, for the college application process, there are blog posts that you can read at sevensistershomeschool.com.
If you are looking for a college application essay writing guide, you can find that in the e-bookstore at sevensistershomeschool.com. And if you would just like some conversation about all things related to homeschooling high school, you can visit the Facebook page for Homeschool High School Podcast or the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook page. That's a lot of stuff. That's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. But it's really helpful when we all like yeah. encourage each other and share stories and ask questions. And, and we love our seventh sisters. We do. Which is you. So please join in the conversation. We have enjoyed spending this time with you here on the Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs>